Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and a blessing to your life. If you want more information about Bethel Assembly, please go to our website, BethelAssembly.info. Thanks again. Well, this morning we are going to continue in a series that we started just last Sunday morning, a series that we're simply calling Encounter, Face to Face with God. Now, why are we doing a series called Encounter? Well, this takes us back several months ago as we were preparing for our annual staff retreat. We go away once a year in the fall and we spend three or four days just as a staff and we brainstorm and we pray and we just vision cast. God, what do you have for the upcoming year? And prior to that retreat, I was talking with God and having a conversation and I was asking him, God, what does the future look like for Bethel Assembly? God, what does 2019 look like for our church? What do you have in store for us? What do you want us to do? And I really felt that the word for this year, the word for 2019, is simply the word encounter. Encounter, by definition, simply means to come upon face to face. You see, we don't want to be guilty of just coming in and and doing church. We could do that. You all need something to do on a Sunday morning. We could just be guilty of just coming in and and going through the routine and going through the ritual and the tradition of, of doing church. But I don't believe that's why Jesus came. I believe that Jesus came to this earth. He died on the cross of Calvary so that we could have an encounter with God. So that we could have a personal relationship with Him. But here's what I find interesting about this word, encounter. I don't believe this is just a word for 2019. I don't believe this is just for a few individuals. But I believe that God is challenging us that if we will passionately pursue Him, if we will determine in our minds to take a step forward with Him every single day, that come December 31st, 1159, we will continue to have a desire and a longing for an encounter with the presence of God. But it can't just happen on a Sunday morning, an hour and 15 minute long service. You see, our encounter with God must be a daily encounter with God it's daily taking time to say Lord what is your word have to say in my life Lord I long for your presence God I long for you just spending that quality time with God face to face with him this morning I want to talk about a a familiar encounter, well, a familiar encounter for some others. This may be a brand new first time ever hearing about this encounter, but it was a man by the name of Moses. We find this particular story in Exodus chapter 3, and it challenges us with this question, what will we do when we encounter the presence of God, or more personally, what will you do when you encounter the presence of God? 
You see, over the years of ministry, I've seen numerous different responses. Some wholly embrace the face-to-face encounter with God. Some run to that encounter with God. Some long for that encounter with God. But other times, we push it aside because we're just not sure what it's going to entail. We just don't know what it's going to look like. That's kind of what we see going on in our story today. A choice must be made. How are we going to respond to an encounter with God? How is Moses going to respond to an encounter with God? Take a look at what it says, Exodus chapter 3. It says, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. Now hold on to that. Whose whose sheep were they? Jethro. They weren't Moses's. They were Jethro's. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai. Maybe your translation says Horeb. Those are, are interchangeable words. Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Yes, you heard it right. God's presence was located in the middle of a burning bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. And I love what Moses says. This is amazing. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called out to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. And I have now seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. For the next few moments this morning, I want to process through this encounter that Moses has with God. God shows up in a burning bush that is not being consumed by the fire. What can we learn from Moses? What can we learn that will prepare us for what God wants to do in and through our lives even today? 
the first thing I see is this. Your encounter with God may not occur where you expect it. Your encounter with God may not occur where you expect it. Let me help you understand what's happening here. Moses was raised in Pharaoh's home. Well, started his life as an infant, a basket case, if you would. Some of you will get that, others will not. Rescued, take, taken to Pharaoh's house, lived there for 40 years, had an altercation, ran out of fear of his life, lived 40 years in the wilderness, uh, raising Jethro's herd, his flock, and now here we are at our encounter your encounter with God may not occur where you expect. Let me ask you a question. Where are you looking for God? You see, sometimes I hear people say this. Well, I'm not going to go to that church over there because when I go there, I'm not being fed. Well, and I wonder, are you picking up the fork and spoon and are you digging in? Are you waiting for someone else? Well, I can't experience God because of this or that. Your encounter with God may not occur where you expect it. What needs to change in your environment? What needs to change in your perspective? Again, Pharaoh raised, or, uh, Moses raised in Pharaoh's palace by Pharaoh's daughter, but now he finds himself herding someone else's sheep. He's now 80 years old, and quite honestly, in Moses' mind, Moses is a has-been. The prime of his life is, is gone. He's a fugitive. He's escaped the death wish of the Egyptian pharaoh. He lived in the palace. Now he's herding someone else's sheep. And I, I kind of feel like this is what's happening in Moses' life. Moses was through with Moses. But God wasn't through with Moses. Some of you are here today and, and in your mind you say, I'm just through with me. I, I'm tired of the mistakes. I'm tired of the, the shortcomings. I'm tired of my falters. I'm tired of all the things that are happening in my life. I'm just done. But I want you to know today that, that God is not through with you. Moses was through with Moses, but God wasn't through with Moses. Moses was two-thirds of his way through his life. He was at a place that many today would begin to look toward retirement. Let someone of the next generation step up. Let someone that's a, a bit younger, that has a little bit more energy, let them step up. Let them pull the ranks. Let them do what God's calling. Pass the mantle to them because I'm just done with me. Moses was no longer in the prime of his life. Once in the palace, but now watching a herd of sheep that doesn't even belong to him. Moses seemingly had lost all purpose of life. And I ask you, have you been there before? Just lost your purpose. 
you just feel that there's nothing more that you have to offer. That there's really no hope for your life. Let someone else step up. Moses certainly did not expect an encounter with God on this particular day. See, here he is. He is herding Jethro's sheep. Something he had done many, many times for the last 40 years. I'm sure that he, he had his routine down. The Bible says he went deep into the wilderness. Suddenly, God decides to change his plans. God changes what is happening in Moses' life. God decides to show up in an unusual way in a burning bush. And I love Love, love Moses' response. This is amazing. Moses said to himself, Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. Or the message paraphrase says it this way. Moses said, What's going on here? I can't believe this. Amazing. Why doesn't that bush burn up? See, this was the most unexpected place for an encounter with God. Moses did not look at the bush and go, wow, I know what's happening here. I was planning for this. I was longing for this. God desired to show up, and he's showing up in a burning bush. This must be God. He doesn't say that, does he? He acts like a typical guy. He's like, dude. That bush is burning, but not burning up. I'm checking that out. Any of you ever guilty of chasing a fire truck because you want to see what's burning? <laughs> Come on. Only one? Okay. And, and look, the funny thing is, it's only guys raising their... Oh, never mind. Tiffany messed up. No. Tiffany, Tiffany joins with the guys today. We love to see what's causing the action. We love to see what's going on. And here Moses is. He's following the fire truck, if you would, and he runs to this burning bush. I've got to see why this bush is not being consumed. He says, I have no idea what I'm about to encounter, but I've got to pursue it. Take a closer look at what's happening here. What does Moses see? Well, God takes an insignificant bush. We don't know what kind of bush it is. It's apparently not some special bush. It's not some rare bush, but just a, a bush. Not a majestic plant, just an ordinary bush. And God sets it on fire, and he brings about a miracle. You see, your encounter with God may not occur where you're expecting it to occur. Some believe that this burning bush perhaps was a representation of Moses himself, an insignificant, weak individual. In Moses' mindset, a, a has-been, no longer in the prime of life, an insignificant person. Maybe that's how you feel today. Maybe you feel insignificant. And suddenly God's power shows up. 
See, with God's help, Moses will soon lead the children of Israel, with, as you know, were in slavery by the Egyptians. God will use Moses to bring them out of slavery. He would accomplish what seemed impossible. Much like that of a bush on fire but not being consumed. What did Moses hear? I I love this. God spoke directly to Moses. Before anything else transpired, before anything else took place, he took a moment to assure Moses that he was, in fact, the God of his ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He reassured Moses that he felt the suffering of the Jewish people in Egypt. And here's what I find interesting. Forty years earlier, Moses was in Egypt. He was in Pharaoh's home, in Pharaoh's palace. But suddenly here we are, 40 years later, God begins to act. God shows up in a very unlikely place. On the side of a mountain, Mount Sinai, in the desert, speaking to this has-been, this basket case of life from a burning bush. God was now speaking directly to this broken shepherd. God was now ready to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt and lead them to the promised land. And here's the crazy thing. Moses, this fugitive that that ran for his life, is God's chosen instrument in which to use to bring the Israelite children out of slavery. This encounter, much like our encounters with God, was not just for an experience. See, God didn't didn't show up in the burning bush that day just so that Moses had a really good story to tell everybody when he got home. But God showed up that day for much more than an experience. He showed up to issue a charge, a challenge, if you would. God makes this statement to Moses. For I... I'm sending you. I have appointed you. I've got a calling for you. Moses, you're already done with Moses. You've already thrown in the towel. But I have a calling for you. And I believe that that God is speaking to you. Your encounter today is a challenge. God says, I'm calling you. I have a purpose for you. Moses responds in astonishment. Why would God choose me? How often do we make statements like that? Surely, God, you must have made some form of mistake. Surely you you turned the page too quick and you got to my name when it should have been someone else because I am just not 
qualified for this. See, Moses began to come up with a myriad of excuses of why he wasn't the right guy. We say things like, well, I'm just in a dry place right now. One of these days, I'll, I'll get out of this land, and one of these days, maybe something will happen. But right now, not a whole lot's happened. I'm just in a, in a dry place. And here's what I discovered about Moses. Moses experienced more of God in the desert than he ever did in Pharaoh's palace. Many of us will say, man, if I was just in the palace, if I just had all the opportunities that the palace offered me, if I just had the resources of the palace, man, just think what I could do for God. But Moses experienced more of God in the desert, in the dry land, in the dry moments of life than he ever did in Pharaoh's palace. See, it just took a simple encounter with God, a, a burning bush, to change the trajectory of Moses' focus forever. If you continue to read through the pages of the Old Testament, you will see that God did, in fact, use Moses in an amazing way to lead the Israelites out of slavery right up to the promised land. What Moses heard was an affirmation from a loving father. I've heard the cries of my people. I see where you are right now. I am, in fact, the God of your ancestors, the one that they've stood upon, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was an affirmation from a loving God whose sole desire was to empower this broken shepherd for great things. I love the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 11. It says this, Come to me, all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest God says I see where you are you've been herding sheep you've been hurt by experiences in the past you feel insignificant right now you really don't know your purpose but I want to show up in, in an area in a time that you didn't even expect Come to me, all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. In other words, let God step into your brokenness. Let all that God is encounter all that you are and watch him put the pieces back together. Let all that God is encounter all that you are. How often do we say, God, you can encounter me here, but I'm not sure about this portion. God, I'm going to reserve this portion over here. I'm not going to really give you access to this. In fact, I've locked that room and I've hidden the key. It's okay. You don't need to go in there. Any of you have that room in your house that no one can ever go into? It's the room in your house that when guests come over, all the other junk in the house gets thrown in that room and you shut the door? Come on. Anybody else have that room? None of you? Okay, okay. One by one, we're beginning to profess or confess here. 
We all have that place. But, but I fear that sometimes in our spiritual walk with God, that's what we do. We try to hide all of that junk in that spare room and we close the door and we say, God, you can have all of me except for that over there. God, you can have all of my life except for this over here. God, I surrender all except for that over there. But God said, would you just give me all of you? Would you just open up every room of your life? Would you come to me? Would you allow me to give you rest Today, let all that God is encounter all that you are and watch him put the pieces back together. That's what God desired to do in Moses' life, but I also believe that's what God desires to do in your life. Take what's broken, take what's been bruised for years after year and generation after generation and turn it around in an instant, in a moment with him and give brand new purpose and brand new drive. He said, Moses, I'm calling you. You see, it was a simple encounter with God in an unexpected place that changed the trajectory of Moses' life. The question is, will we not only listen, but will we approach the presence of God? So we know what Moses hears, we know what he sees, but what does Moses do? How does Moses respond? Moses should have rejoiced. He should have said, man, this is incredible. No one else is seeing this burning bush. No one else has ever experienced. This is just a me moment with God. This is my encounter, my face-to-face time with God. He should have rejoiced. God had answered his prayer. He should have submitted and said, Lord, here I am. Send me. And it's easy for us on on this side of the track to to look at Moses and go, dude, what are you you doing? Why why, Why would you argue with God? Why would you come up with all sorts of excuses of why you can't do this when certainly he is able to do all things? I mean, he's speaking out of a burning bush that's not being consumed. It's easy, isn't it, on our side to go, what are you doing? But how often are we there? We come up with all sorts of reasons. I know this sounds kind of weird, but this is a little bit encouraging to me. That means there's hope for me. There's hope for you. Ultimately, God was able to use this flawed, not well-versed shepherd to do absolutely incredible things. Moses said all of these things, why he can't be the guy, I'm a nobody, no one will believe me, I don't communicate well, I'm certainly not your guy, and I wish that I had the time this morning to dissect each one of these, but suffice it to say that when you encounter the presence of God and he begins to speak, he's already got it figured out. Not one time in that conversation when Moses was going, well, certainly, God, you've got this all confused. I'm not the guy. I can't do this. I can't do that. God never went, oh, you know what, Moses? You're right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have chosen you. Let let me go on down the road a little bit. There's another bush about three miles down the road. I'm going to turn this one off. Hey, it's been great talking to you. Have a good afternoon. 
But you see, God had a plan. He simply needs you. He simply needs me. He needs us to be a vessel that he can work through. But here's what I want you to understand. Your encounter with God may not occur where you expect it. Here's the second thing that I've discovered. Your encounter with God may occur where you expect it. I want to take a moment and fast forward a few months. Moses finally commits to, to do what God has called him to do. He goes to Pharaoh, and we, we read about the plagues. We read about all of the locusts and the, and the frogs and all of these things. If you want to read the story, it's an incredible story. Take some time in Exodus and read through all the plagues. But suddenly Pharaoh releases the children of Israel, and they, they leave, and they're heading out, and they cross the Red Sea, and they cross on dry land, and then suddenly the Egyptian army is engulfed, and they drown in the water, and, and God sets a way for them. He provides food for them, and he provides water for them, and now they find themselves once again at the place where it all began. You see, sometimes your encounter with God may just be where you expect it to be. They go back to the place, Mount Sinai. The place where God showed up in the burning bush. After all, God had already promised another great encounter. Right after the initial encounter with the burning bush, it says in Exodus chapter 3, God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. Your encounter with God may occur where you expected. They were trusting, they were believing that when they got back to Mount Sinai, that they would in fact encounter the presence of God. So Moses completes his assignment of leading the Israelites out of bondage in Egypt. He returned to the same holy mountain where he saw the burning bush. Exodus chapter 19 tells us that exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt, when Moses once again encountered God in a real way. I love Psalm 62. It says, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. Your encounter with God may occur where you expect it. Isaiah 40, verse 31, But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Be still and know that He is God. Over and over and over again, the Bible says, if you will just wait upon God, Come expecting into his presence. I challenge you, every time you begin to approach the throne room of God, maybe that's a Sunday morning, maybe that's a Tuesday afternoon, maybe that's a Wednesday morning, whenever that happens to be, go into the presence of God expecting God to show up. Why? Because God honors your expectation. Look at Psalm 62 again. My soul waits silently 
for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. At this point, they've returned to Mount Sinai, fully expecting, fully believing that God is going to show up. Moses, by this point, he's ready and he's waiting. He's willing for an encounter with God, to trust in God fully. So he returns to that original place for the original counter, expecting something to come forward, expecting a face-to-face encounter with God. And Exodus chapter 19 tells us that Moses climbed the mountain to simply encounter God's presence. I was talking to someone a couple of Sundays ago, and that was the Sunday morning of the, the big snow. Do you remember that snow? And they said that, I guess, the night before or, or something, we, when the snow came down, they climbed on the roof of their house to, to clean off their dish so they could watch the game. And I asked them this question. I said, if the only way that you were going to encounter the presence of God is if you climbed on your roof and wiped off the dish, would you do that? A fair question. See, Moses climbed the mountain to encounter God. A few times up and down the mountain, numerous encounters with God. God came to the people of Israel and he gave them what we know as the Ten Commandments. Your encounter with God may not occur where you expect it. However, your encounter with God may simply occur where you expect it. I would challenge you, seek after an encounter with God. Press in for an encounter with God. Expect the very presence of God to come face to face with you in your experience, in your time with Him. Truth number three, your encounter with God may require a change of routine. Oh, there's that word we hate. Change. We don't like that word, but your encounter with God may require that you change your routine. Let's look back at our original encounter this morning. Here we find this 80-year-old shepherd simply curious as to why this bush is not being consumed. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. In this brief encounter, we see three changes occurring in Moses' normal, typical routine. Remember, Moses is a simple shepherd. His routine consisted of watching sheep, protecting sheep. It has nothing to do with an encounter with a burning bush. This was unusual for Moses. This wasn't something that he experienced every day. So there were three changes to his routine. Number one, Moses had to move toward God's encounter. How often do we stand on the outskirts of God's presence? Because we simply don't know what we're going to experience. Moses could have said, I don't know why that bush is on fire. I don't know why that bush isn't being consumed. 
I don't think I want a bit of, I don't want, I don't want to experience that. I, I don't want to encounter that. I don't want to go near that. He could have run from that encounter. Oftentimes, I believe that God sets things up in our lives and gives us an opportunity. He says, you know what? I think you should go over and talk to that person. You know, that, that co-worker of yours that's struggling in their marriage, I really want you to spend some time praying for them. You know that neighbor of yours that, that's a real pain? You, you know the one? Why don't you go next door and take them an apple pie and tell them about Jesus? But how often we say, you know what, I just don't know. I don't know what I'm going to experience when I get there. I don't know what it's going to look like. What if I don't have the right words to say? So we simply stand on the outskirts and we miss the opportunity for an encounter with God. We simply don't know what God has in store, so we feel safer standing back. But we see here that Moses has a holy curiosity. He says, I don't know what's about to take place he says, I've never experienced this before. But I've got to pursue this. I've got to check this out. Just, just imagine with me for a moment what would have happened that day if, if Moses would have seen the burning bush, but he would fail to have a holy curiosity and he would distance himself and push himself off and avoided that moment. What would have happened to the children of Israel that God soon used Moses to set free out of Egyptian slavery? I love God's promise in response to our holy curiosity. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. God says, if you'll just have a holy curiosity, if you just step into my presence, just begin to come close to that burning bush. He says, if you will just come close to me, I, in response, will come close to you. When we face God with a holy curiosity, he is faithful to respond with an encounter of his presence. The second thing I see is this. Moses had to prepare for God's encounter. Look at this. Take off your sandals, Exodus chapter 3 tells us. For you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. And I look at this and I'm like, what in the world? Take off your sandals. I truly feel that, that we're going to see this idea of preparation pop up numerous times in this series. I think there's something to be said about our need to prepare ourselves for the presence of God. Are we taking the necessary steps? Are we doing what we need to do? Right from the start, Moses is, is given some instruction. God says to him, remove your sandals. That seems a bit strange. Why would Moses remove his sandals? 
I believe that taking off his sandals expressed an inward reverence through an outward behavior in his worship. It was an outward behavior of what was occurring on the inside. It was recognizing that the place was holy and that God was to be honored. And I wonder, do we approach God with a holy reverence or has he simply become a casual reflection? I challenge you today, don't simply have a holy curiosity, but come to God with a holy reverence. Take the needed steps. Do what you need to do to prepare for the very presence of God. And the third thing that I see occurring is Moses had to respond. Moses had to respond to God's encounter. He had to change his routine. He had to look at things a little bit differently. He had to move toward the presence of God. He had to prepare for the godly encounter. But here, he has to respond. In Moses' case, and honestly, in every one of our cases, an encounter with God should bring about a holy response. Yes? You see, when God begins to speak to us, we really have one of two choices. Oftentimes, we try to say there's three. We try to say, well, I'll just kind of hang out and see what happens. That's not a response. The response is either toward or away from. Toward the very presence of God, toward the calling of God, facing it full face, moving forward in the presence of God, or rejecting the call of God, rejecting the encounter with God, and embracing everything else but Him. Moses had a choice to make. Would he give God the holy response and action? You see, we've got to be motivated to apply what God has done and what he's doing in our lives. Exodus 3.10, here's the challenge. Now go. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must Lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. Look at that. It's a directive. Go. Now, now is the time. We've had this moment together. You've experienced my presence when you weren't expecting to experience it. But now is your time to go. You see, we don't have an encounter with God just so that we can feel good on a Sunday morning and have something to talk about at lunch. It's not just so while we're sitting around the lunch table, we can say, well, now wasn't that a great time in the presence of God? No, no, no. Here's what we are to do. Now go! You've experienced the presence of God You've come face to face with him. There's been an encounter. Now allow it to bring you to the place of a holy response. Are you willing to go? Are we willing to go? To do what God has called us to do. This response took a bit for Moses to accept. It took a bit for Moses to apply a, a holy response. But soon he did, and God used him in incredible ways. Let me wrap this up this morning. 
I want to ask you a question. What are you going to do with the burning bush that God puts in your path? What are you going to do? It may be in an area that you're not expecting. It may be right where you imagined it to be. But regardless, it warrants a holy response. Will you respond to that which God has placed in front of you today? It's time to move beyond just a holy curiosity. It's time to move beyond just a holy reverence. 